in this episode. So I kind of told her, hey, this is what I, I feel and this is what I like. And she said, is that it? Now that's Barbara, a cross-dresser from Arizona, talking a little bit about her cross-dressing story. And she talks a lot about a whole lot more in this episode of Curious Confessionals with Giselle. This is episode 77 of the Cross the Yas podcast. So you guys ready to begin? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yes podcast with Giselle Miraso. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross the Yas podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. I am tired, so I'm just going to go straight into this. <laughs> Reach out to me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com if you have a story to tell. Help us out. Support us on patreon.com forward slash crossyas. And email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. I mean, really, just hit me up. Um, in this special episode, I talked to Barbara. Uh, this is a double header. I just released episode 76 earlier. Is that right? 76. This is episode 77. Barbara is an amazing cross-dresser. We've been friends through kick. Uh, she has a great story to tell. She talks about, uh, oh, so many things. Um, how being loved helped her be her best self, how she was in the best scenario, getting raised around supportive people like Yas, yas, yas. That's how it should be. She also talks about next man up and something that I've struggled with being like, you know, always having to be as good as I was before and struggling with that. And we talk a bit about that. So, um, yeah, she talks about amazing, amazing stuff. So enjoy this episode 77 of Across the Yas podcast and Across the Yas confessional with Barbara. She's amazing. You guys will enjoy this. So, yeah, happy listening. Well, welcome to the Cross the Yas podcast. Uh, how are you tonight? How are you tonight, Barbara? I'm I'm well, thanks. Really cool. I'm, I'm actually excited to get an opportunity to talk with you. So finally, I know, right? Finally, I mean, we we've been friends, I think, on Kick for a while, but um, I think it's just really nice to actually hear your voice, right? Yeah, you kind of put a put a voice with the with the face that you see and stuff like that. But no, you. Definitely, or somebody I've been looking forward to talking with. You know, obviously, I know a lot about you and stuff from others, so it's really cool. Oh, uh, well, do you want to start off by introducing yourself, Barbara? Sure. Uh, I'm Barbara Kay. I'm 47 from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am a cross dresser. I have been dressing probably most of my uh, life for pretty much as long as I can remember. So, you know, pretty active, pretty open, and just looking forward to meeting people and. You know, talking a lot with you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm super excited because there's a lot of special stuff about you. First off, you're a person of color. You're black, which is few and far between, at least for coming onto the podcast. So you deal with a lot of different discriminations on top of the cross-dressing, I would assume. I might be wrong. That um, is true. Um, but I don't know if you want to just start with your story, how your journey began as a 47-year-old cross-dresser, was it an early thing? Was it later? Were you a late bloomer? Were you like one of those five-year-olds that started? I don't know if you want to go through the journey with Barbara. <laughs> sure, it's not a problem. Uh, so yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, like most, I started off when I was young, probably about four or five, I think, my earliest memories, playing dress-up with, with friends and cousins and stuff. Uh, my mom was a seamstress, so I got an opportunity to to stand in and be a model and stuff like that for 
and then I had uh, aunts and cousins that were what I call highly fashionable. So I loved, loved, you know, raiding their closet and they loved to dress me up until I was probably in my, my early teens. And then I kind of went underground, went secretive from there. And uh, once I got into college, I really started to explore and, and really find myself a little bit. I kind of, you know, had some ideas and knew, you know, a little bit about it. But, you know, as I got to, like I said, once I got to college and I got to read a little bit, and I had an aunt who was a behavioral therapist, and she really helped me a lot and kind of helped me uh, really understand what I was and, you know, what it was about and just really kind of helped me see along that path. So I dressed off and on in my 20s, really kind of just going about here and there. But and then I put it on hold once I met my wife. Uh, who knows, by the way, we can touch on that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, so in my mid-20s, I put it on hold for the longest time. And then probably about 10 years later, my mid-30s, it just was just something that, that called on me again. And I never looked back since. So I've been dressing since then. And uh, this was probably, I want to say around 2010 or so. I started dressing and, and going out and been going out and about since. Uh, just been active. That's so cool. All of this is so cool. And, oh man, so many points I want to touch on. So how about we start with the behavioral therapist aunt? Like, how did you come out to her and like tell her, hey, aunt, auntie, I have this thing. Can you help me? How did you, how did yeah, that happen? it was sort of almost that, that same thing. I was, um, like I said, I, I bought a few things here and there and was dressing in private. And the funny thing was I borrowed a white blouse of hers. And I left to, to go over to stay with a friend and she called me and she couldn't find it. She goes, you know, I knew I put it somewhere. And finally, I just opened up and confessed and said, hey, look in my closet. And when she happened to look in my closet, she saw some other stuff. And so when I came home on Sunday, she said, hey, let's let's sit down and talk a little bit. She, There's something wrong. And so I kind of told her, hey, this is what I, I feel and this is what I like. And she said, is that it? Really? And from that point on, she kind of walked me through. She opened up her closet and said, as long as you don't touch what's on this side, have at it. And so she had wigs and everything. And luckily, we were about the same shoe size. I think she wore a nine and a half and I was a 10. So there were some shoes that I could wear, but mostly just had free reign. And so she just kind of talked me through the process and just told me really just understand who what I was and really just, just be myself. And as long as I wasn't hurting anybody, she didn't have an issue with it. So, See, that is the best way to see cross-dressing. And I wish more people saw it that way. But let me ask you this. Like, where are you from originally? Um, uh, I'm from down south. I grew up in Mississippi and in Texas. Okay, so you're that's even more amazing because, I mean, the general consensus or the the media perception of the South, I guess, is that they wouldn't accept cross-dressing oh, yeah. or stuff. Is that true? And, and it's pretty, it pretty much is. I mean, growing up in the South, obviously being uh, gay or being a homosexual was looked down upon. And so I knew other people that were, I actually knew a few cross-dressers and stuff that I'd heard about. But in my family, I had several cousins that were gay and they were pretty much open about it. And they didn't know until later in life about me, but it was kind of accepted and we didn't really frown upon it. I had family members that were openly and actively out and gay and supportive of all of us. So uh, my aunt was just very supportive of me. She really helped me and she talked to my mom and helped me explain things to her. And me and my mom didn't really have the best relationship, but me and my aunt, oh my God, I would just about do anything for her just as I would for my mom, but she really was there for me. Oh, I don't know if you want to touch on your relationship with your mom, because I mean, for 
for myself, like, and you need those really strong relationships with, I don't know, a mom or a female figure. I mean, your aunt was probably that, but what was the thing with your mom? It was just one of those things where we were not very, as far as affectionate or anything like that. I mean, she was supportive of me and my sisters and brothers. She did what she could. She did the best she could for us. But as far as like, hey, go do this, or hey, I'm going to be there for you. No, it was never that, because she always had her own things to do, or she was always working. So I pretty much took care of myself, and I had cousins and stuff like that that looked after me. And like I said, once I went off to college, it was my aunt that really kind of kind of took me under my wing, and you know, she kind of helped me and explained things. And just really, this is how some of the things you should need to look about. So, Man, shout out to that aunt. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Um, let's, I think you said a lot of your family members are within the LGBTQ spectrum. Right. Is that, is that, I mean, you say you're 47, so I figure it might've been very tough for them to come out or, or I don't know if you want to explain that dynamic within your family. Oh, I mean, obviously being black and being from the South. Yeah. It's like I said, it's something that's frowned upon or looked down upon, but um, we were, we were the type of family that we didn't care who people were straight, white, black, it didn't matter to us. Everybody was accepted in my grandparents' house. And so it was just that way. Like I said, I played dress up until I was in my teens. And then really it was only because I had friends that said, hey, come play with me or come do this. But my cousins, they were going to dances, going to bars, having friends over. It was all kinds of things. It wasn't something that was wild and about, but they had all kinds of friends that came over. And so for my family, I just learned a perspective that just be open and be honest with people and, and really just be yourself. And if, if people accept you, that's great. If they don't, that's what other people in this world are for. You can always find other friends at some point. That is so true. But for you, was it hard to find other cross-dressers? I mean, coming out oh, yeah. of college. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta figure this was in the mid-90s. So this was pre-internet days for me. And like, uh, for me, I only knew what I saw on television that, you know, I still remember right, first, right. Time, first time I saw RuPaul on television. So I only knew what I saw from clubs or that stigma, but I think it was, I want to say, let's see, I moved to Illinois in late, late nineties. So it was around then that I really started to kind of catch glimpses or hear things about, Hey, there's support groups and things of that nature. But when I moved to Arizona, uh, I hadn't been dressing probably for about four or five years, and I went on online for the first time, and I found a support group here. And uh, one of the girls here, she really was in my corner, and she helped me out a lot. And she just kind of took me under her wing, and she shared some things, and she just said, "Hey, we're all on a different journey with this, so just be open to others." And you know, I was already receptive and willing to to be there for other people. So someone helped me, and I've always just tried to live by that to help others that that are on this journey with us. Mm, like everything you're saying is bringing me like goosebumps. Like it's like <laughs> joyous goosebumps because you're saying everything that should be told to a, a you know what uh -huh. I you know what yes for for young growing for young crossdressers that are growing up yes I would really love to hope that they can really get something from this but I'm not soapboxing or anything it's just I've had other sides of the story and there are things that that happened that I wish that never took place but it's just that's just the way things are I've just tried to have that outlook where I look upon things to say you know what it didn't hurt me I learned from it let's move on mm -hmm. okay I don't know if you want to go in there or go to those points, but you know how much the cross yas listener loves and is loves being educated about the entire realm and the entire spectrum of how good there's good things and there's bad things. I don't know if you want to talk about some of the bad things, girl. Sure. 
so let, let's start with, with my wife. Like I said, she knows, she's supportive. Um, we have two kids, which they don't know. And it's just a thing that we agreed upon. It's something that we don't want them to, to be a part of. But when I first told her, she sort of panicked and freaked out about it. She was not crazy about it. As expected, it was, though. You know, it's, right. she, it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's that initial shock. You're like, oh, what do you do? Right. <laughs> right. And it was just a thing where I had started to accumulate clothing and things like that. And she was working and she came home one day early and she found clothing. So immediately she thought it was another woman in the house. And I had locked myself in the bathroom <laughs> and yeah, and came outside and I talked to her and told her, and then she asked me to get undressed. And so we talked for a good while. It might've been a good year and a half, two years. And we just opened up that conversation to where I told her, I said, it's just, this is just how I feel. And this is how I feel like expressing myself. So I introduced it to her slowly again, and I didn't force it upon her, which I always tell others, you know, you can't force people to accept this. They have to really want to understand it for themselves. Right, right. And, mm -hmm. so, and I learned that from, from support groups and stuff like that. But what I did do is once I started to find these support groups, I noticed most of them would invite their spouses to events and things like that. So that was sort of my way of introducing it to her again, saying, hey, I want to go to one of these events. I would love it if you came with me. And remind me to send you the photo of the first time that I dressed in front of her. Well, not in front of her, but Ooh. she saw me. Ooh, I'm so excited. But <laughs> let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's just say it definitely was a trip down memory lane. But it was fun because she got a chance to be around other spouses and, and see that, okay, you know what? It's not as crazy or as bad as I make it out to be. And we just started talking from there. And we've always had a communication to where I talk to her, I introduce her to, to friends and stuff that I want to hang out with. She's met a lot of my cross-dressing friends that, that we, what I do is cross over with where I do guy stuff with, I do girl stuff with. So she knows the group of girls that I hang out with. So she knows pretty much what we're doing. And so it's just been one of those things where for her, I always invite her if I'm going out to an event or something like that. But at the same time, she doesn't want to go. I don't say, hey, you, you should really come. But, you know, I just try to be respectful with her. And like I said, don't force it upon her when I do it. So the obvious question is, why did you wait to tell her? Like, why wasn't it an initial thing? Why didn't you introduce the idea to her before? Right. It was just one of those things where it was sort of, it was really wasn't sure how to approach it with her. Obviously, I was pretty open with myself and I was already going out and doing things, but she didn't know about it. And I didn't want her. There was always that stigma of, well, does he want to be a woman? What is, you know, what's going on? And so I didn't know how to explain that to her. And it wasn't like I said, until I really got to talking with others and heard their stories and how they went about it. And that's how I found my way to tell her about it. Right, right. Okay. So would you Let's play the gender identity game. How do you identify and what's your sexual orientation? Um, definitely more than a cross-dresser, but I don't consider myself to be full trans. trans. Um, I have, obviously I've thought about it and it's something that I think had I really experienced this early on, I may have considered it. But I think at this point, it's, it's just more something that I feel about expressing myself. So from, from that standpoint, I think I'm just, I'm probably in the trans spectrum. Obviously, it's a huge umbrella, so I'm somewhere in there. Right, right. Okay, okay. Did that, that cover it, I guess? <laughs> yeah, so that's the gender identity aspect. Now, how about sexuality or sexual orientation? I'll 
Obviously, I'm married, and again, I, I identify as bi. She knew that beforehand, um, but I was never really attracted to men when I dress. So it was never a thing of, hey, I'm going out looking for a guy or looking to hook up with guys or anything like that. Uh, I've been attracted to other girls, and there have been a few things where <laughs> that have taken place, but it was never anything serious. And obviously, I let her know that, hey, just want you to be aware that, hey, I, I feel this way about someone. And I want to go talk to them. And luckily, nothing ever came about it because no one's ever found me that interesting. So um, I've just... That's hard to believe, but okay. All right. <laughs> you know what? You can you can take that for what it's worth, but a lot of girls, they really put themselves out there and they feel like, hey, this is how I express myself and I'm very highly sexual, but it's it's not something that, that everybody seeks out. I mean, and then being a black cross-dresser, it's really down on the spectrum. So there's a huge stigma out there about it. I can only imagine too, because there's already a stigma because I have I have uh, black friends and black coworkers, and we we get into really good discussions about you know because I'm not black I'm Filipino but I was raised in black communities uh, with black friends and we talk about the black experience and how you have to watch yourself around police and how you have to watch yourself mm -hmm. around uh, you know the authority figures and how you have to deal with mental health like ideas because you know there's right. a huge stigma between for black men and there's a huge stigma of gay black men right of like right. how you deal with you know, gay relations and such. Uh -huh. You want to talk about there, that? There, I was just going to say, there's that perception that's out there, and it's something that's real. Obviously, considering the times that we're, we're dealing with things right now, this is something that, that's been there, and it's not addressed. And so I think this is really cool that your podcast is one of those ones that, that allows us to have this platform, not only for, for myself, but for other girls, all different backgrounds, to share their stories so others can see that similarity and see that there's someone else out there that's similar to them. Right. And, and that's like how you were saying in the 90s, the only resources you had were TV and all you saw was RuPaul. And you're like, well, maybe I'm like RuPaul, but it's like. Yeah. No. You know, you saw you saw RuPaul, you saw television shows, morning talk shows, things of that nature. But it, it was never anything that was really mainstream. Whereas, you know, I think the girls of today, they really have an advantage because it, it's so more accepted. It's one of those things where they can walk out of the house easily and be themselves. I don't have a problem walking out of my house because I don't really associate with my neighbors. But right, for right. me, mm -hmm. I go, come and go as I want. But that younger generation, they can really do things. You girls, because I think you're pretty young yourself, you girls yeah. can, can come and go as you want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard now with COVID, right? We're all not going anywhere. Right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Let, let's say pre-COVID. Let's say before this took place. But let's just say, like, take last summer. Last summer was probably one of the best summers I've had. I got a chance to go to Vegas. I'd been to a few of the events up there. I made friends out in California. So I was going out there every month to, to hang out with girls. And it was just one of those things where it, there was just always an opportunity to go do something. So there there's chances if girls really want to get out, you can meet others and go do stuff. For sure, for sure. I miss those days. For sure. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> I miss it. Talk about more about your cross dressing and just like coming out in the nineties and then you know, how did that evolve into you know, you said you kind of left it and then came back to it. Like did you purge? Is that what you kind of were alluding to or was that something else? No, I, at the time I was in college, and like I said, I was living with my aunt, and I took a job up north uh, in Pennsylvania. And so when I moved, I just kind of put things on hold, and the plan was to go back down to Texas and gather my things. And I just never really got back around to it. And so 
I put that on hold for a few years. And then when I moved to Illinois, I met my wife. And at that time, I hadn't told her and I hadn't been dressing. So it was something that I kind of knew that at some point I may get back into it, but I wasn't really driven or had the urge to do it. And so it was just something that I just was in the back of my mind. I was like, not really concerned about it. And then we moved to Arizona. And then about a year or so after we moved here, it just hit me. And it was just one of those things where I really wanted to express myself, but I wasn't sure how to tell her about it. I knew I wanted to tell her, but I wasn't sure how I was going to go about it. And so luckily, by, by, by circumstance, she happened to stumble upon it. And it was just a great way for us to, to go through it. That's true. That's true. Maybe not in the way you planned, right? Right. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know. So going out and then doing your own thing. I mean, then you, ha- I mean, you had kids. Did she, did she find out after you had kids or was this? It was right about the same time she was pregnant. And so that was probably a good thing for us because I wasn't really doing anything. And so I really was more committed to being there for her for that. But, uh, but no, it was like once the kids were a little older and, and I knew that they were being well taken care of and things were just good with our situation because we weren't in the best situation. We were young and trying to have kids and have a family and establish careers and get ourselves set. But once things were kind of set, I really, like I said, it, it, let me back up. When I, when I first went online, like I said, I met a support group and one of the girls here, she was really, really informative as far as how to talk with my wife about it and how I should do things. And it wasn't one of those things where it was, it was sexual based. It was really a, a true friendship. And I still talk to this person to this day. And she just told me, you just have to really be conscious of others because not everybody's going to see it the way that we see it. We obviously, we have a picture that we paint or idea how we want to present ourselves, but other people don't see that. So we have to be able to tell that to them and talk to them about that. And so when I would sit down and talk to my wife about it, I just told her, it was just one of those things where I, I want to be around others. I want to understand, but I want to be able to, to go out and have fun with other people that do this and really kind of see what's out there. And so, like I said, we would go to dinners and things like that. And one of the girls told me, she said, hey, there's another group over here. And that's when it really started to click that these girls were, hey, going out. And I wanted to do those same things. And it was just a thing where we go out to dinner, we go out to, to lounges or bars, listen to music, or we go to a club or something. And then it branched off from there to where we were meeting during the day for coffee or whenever I had a day off, I would go hang out with a friend. And one of the few things, one of the fun things was one of the girls came over from California and she was like, hey, let's go play golf. I go, okay. She goes, are you okay going out? I go, yeah, I'm okay going out dress. I don't care. And sure enough, I've gone out, played golf. And I've been doing it now for the last four or five years or so. So it's just one of those things where you, you find your comfort zone and you find a way to fit in. And you know what? You just get yourself set in a way of doing things and you just be you about it. Again, everything you're saying is <laughs> like, where are, where have you been? Right? Like you are the perfect ideal mascot for this podcast. Like, like if <laughs> I feel like everything that you've said, everything that's gone right in your life has like, brought you to this moment <laughs> to have you on the podcast to say all the things you've said i do want to well, get well go ahead, uh, yeah. no go ahead. i do want to get back to your wife and what was her reaction to you to not only just finding the stuff and probably thinking ideas i probably will have to ask her these questions myself but like you were together how long before you told her 
we were together two years. So, you know, there's this idea if, you know, if I told Kirsten or if I told, you know, if another husband or wife found out, there's this idea of there's betrayal and there's these lies. Like, what else are you lying about to me, Barbara? Like, what else is, you know, did she feel that way? I don't know how she, I don't know. Luckily, I I mean, luckily at the time I was sort of a a goody goody. I didn't do anything. I was at home and I love to play video games or watch television. So that was really no cause or anything. And it was just one of those situations where this was my one little dark secret that I never did share with her. Everything else, she knew about me. She knew I loved video games. She knew I loved sports. At the time, I, I dabbled in in recreational, but it was never anything serious. And you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I quit. And so it was just one of those things where this was the one thing that I really never talked openly about with her. I told her about things that happened in college where I had a guy kiss me and stuff like that. But it was never anything where I felt I wanted to talk to her about this subject. And Hold on, Autumn. Back up, back up. We're going to have to talk about that in a little bit. But we'll go back. <laughs> I love that. Back to? Uh, you know what I'm back to, girl. What, what You were kissed by a guy. Explain that. What, what happened? What happened? Um, let's see. I was in my dorm room. I called me and asked if he could come over. Um, I I had known that he was gay, and so uh, he came to my dorm room. We were sitting there, and I kissed him. He kissed me, and it was just one of those things where I was like, that's it. And so I was like, okay. And we never talked again after that. Hmm. So nothing nothing developed? Nothing? You didn't feel anything? Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. I I mean, the funny thing was we saw each other around campus and stuff, and we would wave and stuff like that, but no. Interesting, interesting. So at that point, though, you knew you weren't gay. Yeah, I, I, or... I, well, I knew, I knew I wasn't as attracted as I thought. Obviously, you think, oh wow, this is how I was going to be, and you're going to see sparks and all that kind of stuff. But no, I was pretty realistic with it. I thought about it, and I found somebody that I wanted to connect with, and then when it happened, it was it wasn't there, and so I never really pushed it again after that. Got it. Okay. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm always interested in people's like. No, I, no, no problem. You know me. Like I said, I am an open book. Oh, girl, be careful what you wish for because I will ask everything and anything. <laughs> I can tear the page out at some point too, you know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, okay. So I maybe want to touch on the kid aspect. So you, you and your wife have decided not to tell your children. Like what came into that and what is the reasoning behind that? Um. Well, one of the big things was obviously being mixed race kids. It was just one of those things where we didn't need to put any other unwanted burdens on them. I mean, oh, you know, interesting. Them like, having... so they are mixed race. What What's the other race? I'm just super curious. Um, my wife, she's Jewish. Oh, OK. OK. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where we didn't want to to put that unforced, bur- unforced burden on them. And you know, they had friends and they were pretty social. And at the time I was coaching and things like that. So it was just one of those things where we didn't want. We didn't want their lives to be impacted by choices that, that we were making. And you don't, hmm. Go ahead. No, what? Well, like, let's say, don't they see you dressed up or don't they, because you say you go out and whatnot. They don't ever see that? or No, because at the time I was, when they were young, we had a side interest. And so I would just always wait until they were in bed or something like that. Um, and then I would go out the side. But now it's either they're not home because they're teenagers and they leave. Or I would go to a friend's or I would just simply go get a hotel room and dress and go out from there. Interesting. Interesting. And 
let's say by happenstance. How old are your kids, Barbara? Uh, 21 and 19. Oh, wow. They're older. I thought they were like, yeah, they're older now. Yeah. <laughs> let's say they saw you, Barbara, at a, at the golf range or at a dinner. And they said, is that, is that dad? You know, is that dad? <laughs> like this. Uh, my, my thing is I would love to tell them. And it was one of those things where I've always talked to her about it. But again, out of respect for her, she said it's something that, that she did not want them to have to, to deal with. And the joke that we have is she hopes that uh, she hopes that I pass away before her. So that way she can move all of my things because otherwise she's afraid that they may find some. But you know, <laughs> I, you know what? To me, it's one of those things where I think they're open enough and I think they could be I think they could understand it if I explained it to them. And I think we could just go from there. So I see. I see. It's just, you know, I'm always curious or interested in. Yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah. has a different way of, of doing it. You know, a lot of people do it and they, they talk to their kids about it. I've had friends that I've got friends on both sides of it. They talk to their, fr their kids about it and things are fine. I've talked to their kids about it. And it's one of those things where it ended relationships, them and their spouses. So I've seen both sides of it. So it's just something that, that it was just a choice that we made. And it's just, like I said, for me, out of respect for her, because she's already given me, allowed me to, to share this much of my gift for for me to do this that if that's a little thing that she asked me not to do i'm willing to accept that that's true that's fair i mean you guys you and your wife are a, a partnership and you guys have you have your strict rules i mean you're not bound by them but you hope that you trust one another that you when you got married you guys had some sort of <laughs> agreement that this is how it's going to be right yeah exactly Okay. Okay. So is that still true today? You still go out? I mean, I, I assume your kids don't live with you anymore or do they? Uh, well, one just came back from, from college. So obviously because of COVID, their campus shut down. And the other one, uh, he just turned 19. He graduated high school. And so they're doing the online classes and things like that. So obviously before COVID, things were put on hold. I think I went out maybe once or twice before or during that time period. I think I went out and played golf back in June with some girlfriends. But Aside from that, it's just, it's something that, you know what, it happens, it happens, and I'll deal with it when that time comes if, about going out. Otherwise, it's something I don't really think a lot about. I don't really sit here in angst and wonder, oh, am I going to go? When am I going to dress? Or am I going to go? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it'll just be some time before I do get a chance to do it. But are you one of those people that, like, you don't get to the urge for it and is like, okay, no, no. interesting. Yeah. I can... I, that's just always been me. I've had that demeanor to where even kill about things. And so I put it in a box. I well, actually, I put my things in my closet. I have my own closet <laughs> and I just leave it in you there. Would, girl, you would have your own closet. I just knowing how you sound like just knowing and like seeing some of your photos, even on kick. I'm like, girl, you would. <laughs> yeah, I put my things in my closet and they sit there and, you know, I walk by it every time, every now and then when I walk past the laundry room and go, oh yeah, I'm the right, right when COVID hit, the first thing I did was one day, about two days, I think I took and I just inventoried everything, what I had, what I didn't have, threw things out. And that was probably one of the happiest days of my wife. She's like, I've been begging you to do that for so long. <laughs> so, so I donated some things, gave some things away and dropped things off at Goodwill. And so, you know, hopefully once things get back to somewhat normal, gonna obviously I'll go out shopping and buy some things here and there and replenish my wardrobe. That a girl. That sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan. Are you yeah. one of those? Um, are you an underdresser or is like, oh, if I go Barbara, I'm going full on Barbara kind of girl. 
well, definitely full on, but I, I consider myself, I dress more age appropriate. I mean, you, obviously you've seen some of my photos and me being in my 40s. There's some things that I just, and being a little bit bigger than most girls, I can't get away with. So I don't try it. But you how know, big are you? And I hate asking this. How big are you, girl? You ain't six feet, big. six feet. And on a good day, I go about 195. Catch me on the wrong weekend, and I could be upwards of 210. <laughs> That's not that bad. I've seen bigger girls. Relax, relax. <laughs> Do you struggle with, and I'm sure every girl does, every crush? Yes, I struggle with my weight. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> didn't let me finish, but yeah. But do you struggle with, and I've talked to this with a bunch of guests. The idea of passing. Do you need the? No, I don't. That? No. Okay. Uh, early on, I did. It was something I thought about, but once I I went out, started going out, and I didn't care what people think because I was more about having fun with my friends and things like that. It just became one of those things where I live by now of saying passing is for the young. For you younger girls, obviously you want to fit in and be accepted, but for me, as long as I feel like I'm presentable. You know what? That, that'll do for me. Mm, okay. And what does presentable mean to you, Barbara? <laughs> Meaning put together. Uh, I've, I've done my makeup well. I, I've accessorized. I've got things. It, I didn't just throw something together. You know, I really take my time to make sure that I put a good, nice effort into it. And that, trust me, I've got photos where, that I look like, don't look like I should have left the house. Like I didn't walk <laughs> past a mirror. And then th there are times where I felt like, oh God, I've been in such a rush. I need to get out of the house and I just grab stuff and go. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, you look great. You look, and I was like, are you kidding me? I don't look worth anything. So right, right, you know, right. it, it goes both ways, but it's just one of those things where I feel like if I can be presentable and if I can, what I call blend in, I do try to blend. And so I look at what other women wear and, I try to, to model myself after girls of my size or things that I find cute, things like that, that, that what I consider age appropriate. Now, I don't want to walk around in something slinky because it doesn't fit me, but for girls that can, you can get away with it. And if it's the right occasion, go for it. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good point. At what age though, did you start saying, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I don't care what I wear or I don't need the passing. Like what age um, did you get for that? This, this was probably, let's see, 47, so 26. Probably say about 35, 36. And what, right, what I, was it? What was it? Like, what is like, huh? What, what, it, what was the trigger for you? It was just like I said, I, I started going out with that support group, which was a really good meetup group. And the girls were about just, we were just about being friends and, and hanging out with each other. And we went to, to regular restaurants, as people call it. We went to regular places and we didn't care what people thought. Hey, there's six or seven cross dressers going in sitting down for dinner. We were going out to have dinner just like anybody else. So my perception is people don't come to me and ask me their opinion when they're out in public. So why should I worry about what they think when I'm out? Right. right. So if I'm not harming anybody or causing any issues, I'm not trying to draw attention or anything like that. Who cares? And some of the best conversations I've had were when we've been waiting in bars or we've been waiting in a restaurant and people come up and ladies have gone, you, you, you're a guy. And I go, well, last I check, but I'm trying to present myself. So, you know, I've had good times with it, you know, and I have fun with it. So, okay. So let's get into that. Have you had bad experiences as Barbara? Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. Yes, girl. This is where the juicy stuff goes. Go ahead. This is where, this is where you want, want it. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the more, 
one of the instances I do recall that kind of brought a tear to my eye was it wasn't really big on dressing for Halloween. I hated it. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of girls love it, but it was just one of those things where it, it wasn't for me. And I had a girlfriend that invited me out and she was like, hey, let's go to this bar. Let's go hang out. And I wore something cute, a little Sailor Moon outfit, which I probably shouldn't have worn. Cute. No, 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 no. I love Sailor Moon. No, no, no. No, that is the right thing. It's Halloween. Who cares? Uh, That's true. Who cares? (laughs) Well, anyway, we get to the bar and we're having a great time. We we were just sitting there hanging out. And, you know, there were other people there and everybody was having a great time. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, I want to buy you a drink. And I'm like, "Eh, I'm okay. I don't need a drink. And he goes, no, you got to let me buy you a drink. You know, this is a fun time. I go, no, no, thank you. And he goes, look, I'm buying you a drink. And so I turned to him and said, I'm not thirsty. Why would I want your drink? And that was probably the one time that I felt like, hey, I don't want to be in this situation because he started making a scene in the bar. And all of a sudden he was telling everybody, hey, that guy over there, that's a guy, that's a guy. And it was just one of those things where, okay, you know what? I told you no. Let's move on from it. And it just it was just a really awkward situation to the point to where I was just very uncomfortable. Um, so that was probably one of the one times I do remember where I was like, hey, I'm being me. And it's still you know not enough for some people sometimes. Wow. That's wow. Like that guy couldn't just get take a hit. Like, was he drunk? Or I mean, that doesn't excuse him. But like, what the fuck? Like- yeah, it doesn't excuse his behavior. But, you know, I'm sure many people have turned down a drink or something like that, but just because I didn't want it, you know, and it's just one of those things where he felt he had to force it upon me and I just wasn't happy with it. And I didn't, I didn't want to take it. Now I didn't want to drink. Right. Like you're not obligated to accept his gifts. Like it's, I get it, but no, thank you. Um, So yeah, that was, that was probably one of the more memorable times I do remember. And I'm sure there've been others like, obviously, it's hard meeting other girls and stuff like that just to go out because everybody has preconceived ideas or, hey, what do you want to do afterwards? And I just want to go home. Well, not with you. You know, I just want to go hang out, stuff like that. So there's always been situations or the occasions where you want to meet somebody and all of a sudden they stand you up and it's like you, know, you find out that they went out with other people and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, why didn't you want to hang out with me? So, you know, things like that. You hear, you hear and see stories and stuff like that. And yikes, yikes. <laughs> and this this happened, was this early when you were starting to come out, or was this like recent? Um, it was probably middle, middle ways in. Probably mm-hmm. say four or five years ago. Like I said, I hit a stride about, ooh, about 2014, 2015, where I honestly just did not care anymore. I, You know what? People accept me, great. If people don't, that's on them. Right, and that's, I think, the motto to live your life anyways to a certain extent obviously you know don't do stupid shit or don't take other people's you know like i said i'm not i'm not harming anybody i'm not forcing this upon someone and if they don't like me is for being who i am and i've had girlfriends that go out with me and they will tell you they've had some of the best times because i make them feel like hey that you know it's perfectly normal which it is all it is is we just happen to dress a little bit cuter than some other people do sometimes Sometimes I don't look as cute. <laughs> I mean, we we all struggle with that. The different yeah. days, right? Yeah, we have our days. Um, so many other things I want to get to. Uh, what do you say your style is, there, Barbara? What's your style? I, like I said, it's it's definitely I call it kind of trendy, age appropriate. I try to dress you know, casual, fun, 
appropriate, you know, it's not too provocative or inviting or things like that, but it's, I try to accent my features here and there and things like that. And do you have a butt? Is that what you're saying, girl? Or are you? <laughs> well, come on. Black girls have booty. You know that. Uh, I know you got a booty, girl. I know. I know all my black friends have booties. So even the guys and girls, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> you no, know, trust me. It's like I don't need padding much anyway. So <laughs> let's get speaking of booties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into as you said, you started early, so you knew about it early. How did that? Did it start as a sexual kink? Did cross-dressing at all ever be sexual? I think for most of us, it it starts out that way. But it was one of those things where I was definitely attracted to to the sexuality aspect of it. And that's where, like I said, my aunt helped me a lot because funny, who thinks about having a conversation with the aunt about sexuality and about sex (laughs) and things like that? But that was one of the things that she asked me. She goes, how do you feel after? And I said, it was one of those things where I, I still wanted to do it after there was that, that sexual gratification of it. You know, obviously it, that I wanted to ex- continue to express myself. It's like the Cinderella ex- effect. It was even after midnight, but I still wanted to dress. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that feeling too. I, obviously, you know, when you're young, for those who aren't late bloomers who start in their forties or fifties, for someone like you and I, who again, start with your aunt's clothes, your mom's clothes. And you're like, you start touching yourself and all this other, like, you know, masturbation, you find you have a penis and you're like, oh, what's that do? Oh, and then, you know, you have your wet dreams and then you're like, huh. But then you equate that to the dressing part or portion and you're like, well, maybe this is what I need to get me off. And you, and then you watch porn and then you, you you explore all of that. But then, then it reaches a point to where me, it was, it was a thing where, and I heard it said best, I was watching a Marvel movie one time and you, you heard the Incredible Hulk you heard Banner say, the only time I don't think about it is when, when I am the Hulk. And really, that's the same way when, when I cross-dress. It's the only time that I don't think about it and not worried about it. It's when I'm actually dressed. Other times, it's, it's something that you're always in the back of your mind. When am I going to do it? When am I going to dress? When am I going to go out? When am I going to get the opportunity? Whereas once it's actually there, it's almost that feeling of, ah, now what? That's the way I enjoy it, really. Once I'm in the moment, I just, I'm free to be who I feel like I really am. First of all, bravo. I've never heard someone relate the Incredible Hulk to cross-checking. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it, it was just, it was perfectly, it just, it, I, when I heard the line, I was like, you know, that's the way I feel about it. And really, that's the only time that I don't think about it is when I'm actually dressed, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And, and back to the sexual thing. Yeah. Like it starts as like a sexual thing. And then eventually if you're, you don't need it, you know, you stop fetishizing it and you're like, I just like expressing myself this way sometimes. And right. I don't need right. the sex part. For some of us, we still do. Sometimes I still think about it or sometimes I perceive it. To, well, know, I mean, because again, it's, it's part of nature. It's part of who we are. And, and there's always that, that sexual aspect of attraction and, and things of like that that we all, we look at one another and we want to be desired. We want to be liked. And that's part of what we, what we've been programmed to believe of what, what beauty is or what being that whole argument, would you rather be hot, sexy, or would you rather be beautiful and lovely? Which side of that? And for me, I I think I made the shift from wanting to be hot and sexy to trying to be more beautiful and be more of the the lovely stereotype. And that's where I, I really try to find myself now. Ah, damn, girl, you were killing it with these, like, 
<laughs> okay, that's it. I I'm I'm gonna put down my my cross dressing book that I got. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'll shoot. Send me a copy or tell me what Amazon Kindle like. You know, like if that's available in hard copy or paperback. Because girl, you are killing it. Oh my gosh, these ideas. Like, did you develop these? I you know, I mean, now that you're, I guess, older but more seasoned, right? <laughs> you've ex you've had more experiences and more positive experiences, so that. I would hope or figure that's made you the wonderful and super woke crossdresser that you are. Jeez. <laughs> oh God, you call me woke now. I'm I really did it. Woke. I did it. I did it. I did it. Okay. Well, no, I think yeah. I definitely I think maturity aspect is from being around other people, and I love to educate myself. I love to to really. I love to hear other people's story. I always tell other girls a lot of times. Hey, I may not know all the answers or may not know things if I can't help you, but I guarantee you I've heard stories or I know somebody else that, that may be able to relate. And so I just try to listen to what everybody else is talking about or what their stories are, because we all have some kind of commonality with this. It's real easy when we go to these events and we can strike up a conversation because we already have something built in that we already enjoy. So for me, I can go to these events and I can have conversations with people that I would have never thought about talking with before. And all of a sudden I've made two or three friends. And then one of my, my dearest friend to this day, she's a doctor and we would, I would have never sat down and wanted to have a conversation with her. Whereas now we talk daily. She's always expressing things to me and talking to me about things, whether it be the COVID situation or like today, she was asking me opinion about shoes. It, there's always something that we can talk about. So again, there's always something there if you're willing to open yourself up and listen to what other people have to say about it. And again, that, that's the hardest part, right? Is getting someone to listen. Getting right. Be because the biggest thing is a lot of people, it's a, it's a me situation. You know, they want you to, to me, 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 me. But in order to do that, you have to really open and listen to what they're talking about because a lot of times they want to express themselves and there's other things that they want to express they want that acceptance they want somebody to be there and i think the the both the good and the bad of social media and the internet these days is yeah there are groups out there and we can go out and find commonality but then how do we relate that how do you find the groups that are right for you and it's finding that that right niche that right group that can really work for you Ugh, you're hit. You're touching on the, the the topic of social media and the groups because I don't know about you, but it's <laughs> the crossdresser scene or the crossdressers out there. And I hate social media. I mean, as much as I love it, I hate it because, yeah. of, like you said, it's it's divisive sometimes. It's there's a lot of putting down of others, and I, it's I, toxic. Ugh. It's toxic, but. To me, there's always that that one. You just want to find that one. You want to reach that one. And so to me, that's what always keeps me fueled or driving is, yeah, I'm going to wade through all of the, the junk and the whatever, the bullshit and all that. But there's always going to be one person. I'm going to find somebody that I'm going to connect with, like with you, for instance. I heard your name and I met you. I heard about you through a friend. And then obviously we found each other on kick. And then obviously, hey, that makes it worth it. So there's always going to be that one that's in the group somewhere that you're going to find a way to connect with. And it just takes that one to make the experience worth it. Yes, girl. Yes. And it's you are so special, not just because, you know, I know you, but uh, <laughs> but you're a person of color who at least two or three other uh Black people have reached out to me who are cross-dressers, who are young. We're talking 18, 19, who you, we should be targeting, right? These are the people who are going to shape our future, who are going to shape the rest right. of the world. <laughs> right. And 
I created this podcast to help not just share my story, but to hear other people share their story. And other people who've reached out are like, oh my God, like that person, like, like I think you and I talked about Kira, right? Kira's. Yes. She was on the podcast last year. Uh, she reached out to me and said she loved the podcast and she wanted to tell her story. She's like, I have something I want to talk about. And she, she talked about, you know, being black and being a bigger set girl. She said like going out and how tough it was for her. And you talked about it and you're like, Oh, like you know, Kira and I know Kira and like, Oh my gosh, like you, without that, you know, we wouldn't have this. At that coming out, we wouldn't yeah. have clicked or connected, but yeah. And I mean, there, there are tons of girls out there and obviously, you know, being black girls, we're even more of a niche, but there, I mean, I know a lot of girls like that where, Hey, I know this girl and I know that girl. I've been connected with girls that, that don't even know other girls and stuff like that. So we're, we're definitely a different group, but at the same time, we're all connected somewhere. And, and that's the beauty of social media. That's the, the positive part about it, but it's the, it's the people who want to, oh gosh, and I don't want to go into politics, but it's that divisiveness that kills. That's the part that, that kills us. I mean, people take it to an extreme and, you know, you have to accept other people's differences. Everybody has a different idea. And that's just that's just the way we are. But be respectful. I'm willing to listen to somebody on the other side and hopefully they'll listen to me. And then, you know what? Hey, at the end of the day, I'll go my way. You go yours. And we go about doing things that what we need to do to take care of ourselves. But it's with those people who deny your existence. That's I, I can't get with those people that refuse or refute your way of living. Like, no, this exists. Like, no, we we're here. <laughs> You know? Yeah, you you know, you really have to. But those are the people that you're not going to change them. You have to change the people around them to the point to where they feel that they become in the minority at that point. You have to get enough of the people on the outside of them to really buy in or really express themselves to the point to where that other side of the group, they feel uncomfortable because we shouldn't feel uncomfortable expressing ourselves. We should be the ones because in the end, we're all just trying to we're all just trying to have fun. We're trying to be ourselves with things. I agree. Have fun and kind of survive too, because it's hard for yeah. crossdressers, like in a in a world full of oh gosh, like really pretty people, <laughs> and yes. it's hard. You're like, well, I want to be as pretty as she is, or I want to be like you know. Oh, gosh. But see, that's just it. Me and I know I know other people probably feel this way. Everybody, there's always going to be the next one. In sports, and you use an old analogy, next man up, there's always going to be another girl that's prettier, that's younger. So I can't compete with, with you younger girls because I just don't have it. But for me, what I can do is express certain things and talk with you girls. And hopefully you girls can share and say, you know what? We don't have to be divisive. We can get along with one another and things like that. And other girls can do that. But there's always going to be a younger, prettier, faster more gorgeous girl that's out there that's going to garner that attention. You know what? Let her have it. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I agree. I agree. It's And there's there's always that idea of like everything on social media is people posting, you know, you're comparing yourself to someone's highlight reel, right? Because it's the best right. photo they chose that day or the right. best video they chose that day. And you're like, and you feel bad. That's the that's the problem with social media is this ideal way. We of always, we're always going to put our best out there. But, I mean, I love to go through some of my archives and look at some of my older pictures and be like, what was no. I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> well, send me those photos, girl. I'll go ahead and post Oh, them. I will. I will. <laughs> Trust me. They're, those are the fun stories. Believe me. Yes. Yes. Uh, geez. Uh, before I get off track, uh, let's try and bring it back to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Let's bring it back. <laughs> um, so you talked about your 
bad experiences. Uh, the one I always like to get on with cross is, uh, what's your bathroom situation as Barbara when you're out? What is, what's that like? Oh, because I present as a female and obviously living here in Arizona, we had the bathroom issues and things of that. But when I go to the bathroom, I go to the female bathroom. So no, you're not trying to rape anybody while you're in the bathroom. No. Why? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> but you know, that's the, that's the oh, idea. I know. That... <laughs> I know. Yeah. You, you've heard those stories and things like that. No, you know, you go in, you do your business and you come out. I mean, I'm not going in there looking for anything and hopefully nobody's coming in and looking for anything from me. You go and you come out. Luckily, there are some places here that we do go that have unisex, but at the same time, I don't give it a second thought when I go in there because I'm not going in there with the intentions of harming anybody. And hopefully nobody's coming in to do the same thing for me. And you hear this big thing about, oh, well, what about the children? What about the children? What kid is going to be in a bathroom in a bar in a club at 11, 12 o'clock at night? So stop that bullshit. You know? Right, exactly. That's what I, I hate that tired trope of, well, we got to think of the kids and we got to think about the safety of children. It's like, what? And it's these like politicians who are the ones that are raping yeah. or like touching. Exactly. Children. They're it's the ones that have just as many skeletons in their closet that, <laughs> trust me, are bursting to come out. Oh my God. Oh yeah. The ones who are always anti-gay legislation and they're right. the ones who are like, Oh know. yeah, no, there, there's no issues or anything. Like I said, and I've done the group bathroom thing where girls say, hey, can you come go with me? Sure. I'll, I'll come standing there with you and I powder my nose. And I've had conversations with women in there. Oh, what eyeshadow color, what lipstick, you just be cordial and kind and you move on. Thanks. See, again, you're hit, you're hit this cross-dressing book you're reading from girl. It's, it's on point, on point. Well done. <laughs> It's all on page one. Let me um, go to page two. Yeah, please. Let's do page two. Please, let's do page two. <laughs> okay. No, this um, is fun. Thank you. Oh, well, girl, like, it helps when you have a guest like yourself who's well-educated about the subject, who is, you know, I've had, like, the first-timers, cross-dressers who were scared or, like, you know, and it's, I, and you remember that feeling of, like, oh, my God, I was like that. Oh, my God, that, that feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember going to the post office when I was 19 the first time, and I was badly dressed. <laughs> what were you wearing, girl? What were you wearing? Green suede heels, denim skirt, a red blouse. Trust me. And it, it wasn't the Christmas holidays either. <laughs> it was, uh, was it Easter? Or what? <laughs> no, it was just a uh, just like a Thursday or Friday afternoon, I still remember. And that was the other fun thing that I loved about with my aunt. She would let me come over and dress and would send me on errands. So I got to go to the store, go grocery shopping. We did all kinds of things together. And the first time she took me to get my nails done, oh, my God, I almost wet myself then. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, shout out to that aunt. Oh, my gosh. Well, what's her name? What, what's, what's the aunt's name? That's where I got my name from, Little Barber. So. Oh, man, that's a little, a little uh, wholesome right there. I love it, Barbara. Oh, well, again, amazing because a lot of kids, young teenagers who are crossdressers or trans or whatnot who would die for that experience. experience exactly. To, yeah. To be able yeah. to, you know, experiment. I, I, was, I was lucky. You know, you definitely hear stories of others that, that didn't get that opportunity. But for me, it was, it was just one of those things that worked out perfectly, I think. Oh, that's absolutely awesome. I do have to touch on the Black Lives Matter movement because you are black and, you know, you grew up in the South. Oh, I can only imagine the racism. Uh, again, <laughs> presumably there was racism, which I think happened. Yeah, know, but there was. But, but for me, like I said, my grandparents were, were respected in the community. People knew them. So for my family, we were we were accepting of everyone. Now, 
I had friends. We experienced things. I got stopped by the cops and pulled over and things of that nature. But I also had family members that were in law enforcement. So I knew how to conduct myself. And, you know, I, I would tell my friends, hey, let's be be careful. Hey, let's not do this. Hey, when when I had alcohol in the car, I made sure that they knew, hey, I've been drinking. Hey, things of that nature. It's just one of those things where you just you have to be be aware. And unfortunately, there's just different set of rules for, for people that don't see us as as being equal. And to even add to that, you're a cross-dresser, you know, who yeah. was, you know, arguably. Luckily, luckily when, when I cross-dress, I'm very careful when I, when I go out. I try to make sure I'm in well-lit areas and I, I follow the rules of the road. I do those certain things. I just make sure to maintain some sense of dignity because I don't want to, as a cross-dresser, we already don't want to draw. Well, let me back that up. Some of us don't want to draw unwanted attention. But I don't need to... to make the situation worse by, by getting out of line or doing something. So I try not to drink a lot when I go out. I'm always one of the designated drivers when I go out with friends. And I mean, I just, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware of my surroundings. I make sure that I know what's going on. And I try not to put myself in a situation to where I, there, there could be problems. But, you know, that doesn't always happen for everyone. Here in Arizona, we've had situations where girls of color, not only black, but Latinos that have experienced some, some things, not only from the cops, but from, from guys in those things. They've been beaten up or worse. So it, it's out there. It happens. Yeah. And I, I just don't want people to get the idea that it, it only happens to black people. Like, and that's what people. No, it, you know, getting. that's the thing. It does happen to, in the trans community. It's huge. It, it's rampant because obviously some girls disclose, some girls don't. That's their choice. And they have to understand that, that they have to assume that risk when they do. But at the same time, that doesn't give that other side that, that they don't have that opportunity to, to take it upon themselves to, to hurt or inflict harm on someone just because. Right. And, and I've talked about this like early in, on. And it's this I, like black trans workers or trans workers of color are the most affected by s- victims of violence, uh, you know, abuse, the, the, this thing. And, and it could even be worse. Like the numbers are bad, but they could be way worse because a lot of them aren't even reported. Right. Like police don't even recognize like these people as people like, Oh my God. And you know, they, they, if you're already black and add to that, that you're trans, like the, your access to healthcare could be lowered or the chances are ah, we can go on. There's a full, yeah, there's a, trust me, that's a whole nother, that would be a great podcast for you to do. You know, if you ever had, you know, multiple guests on, which obviously would get out of hand, but to, to have that conversation, a round table discussion with other black trans, but I mean, in the trans community, like you said, it's already one of those things where it's an issue and to be black, it just magnifies it because there's, you know, we're already, you know, affected by it in those higher numbers like that right and i and it's 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 hard because you know i'm on kick and i try to get guests and and i had a black blm episode a black lives matters movement episode and yeah uh, and people are saying well i don't i don't want to be on your podcast because i don't want to get political because i see you posted on i was like this isn't a political issue this is it's a human issue yeah (laughs) and these are the same people who arguably and i live in huntington beach and it's it's bad but (laughs) this idea that when they say, oh, you should wear a mask, you know, and like, okay, well, why? And, you know, like, oh, well, you know, all, and they're like, no. And, and then these are the same people who say all lives matter and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, right. if you think that's true, here, wear a mask. And they're like, well, no, right. it's, exactly. 
Uh, so just, just wear the mask. It's not that hard. Put it on. You know, I have multiple ones. I have one on my golf bag. I have one on my keychain. One in both cars. You know, my kids have multiple. Just, just wear the mask. Even if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for somebody else to protect them. Be courteous. You know, be kind. Wear the mask. A uh, girl. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm in the hospital. It's like, come on, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. what what COVID does. I've seen like yeah. what, and they say, oh, it's a hoax. I'm like, it's a hoax. What? It, it's a hoax until they experience it, and then all of a sudden they become believers. And it's like, why do we need to do that? You, oh god, I don't know. This this know. Common, yeah. this respect for your common man or common woman or common other human beings, like they people don't have that. It's uh, that, again, that's what it boils topic, down right? to. That's what it boils down to, having that respect for others. You know, like you say, with the Black Lives Matter situation, have respect for, not like you say, for all lives, but be aware that, you know what, they're just a certain set, different set of rules that we have to abide and live by. And that people now are starting to really say, you know what, I was not aware, but it's obviously there's something there to it. Yeah. Well, and that, and I, and I hope that people realize, because, you know, Kirsten and I, my fiance and I, we, we're doing the justice in June thing and like, watching stuff that helps the movement and also just like understanding like, Hey, where's our culture from? Where's the American culture from? Like this mm-hmm. state, this country was built on slavery and black built on black lives and sh- and ancestors and stuff. And realize like these, and I don't want to just generalize, but like Amer- white Anglo-Saxon people who say, well, I didn't do it or it's not my fault. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it may be your ancestors and stuff, but like, Hey, you know, how we can help them or how help black people or help people of color is by becoming allies. And exactly being <laughs> allies, be, being that voice to, to help us to express that, because a lot of times they don't want to listen to us, but you know what, if we have someone standing beside us, they're more likely to listen when, when we're in numbers, you know, and not just, you know, the black numbers, but when we're all together. So yeah. There. Ah, <laughs> ah, like it's, you know, and I, uh, yeah, I don't know. We can go. <laughs> yes, we, we can. So let's get back on topic. Let's get back on yes, topic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's, but, but, you know, but we understand the importance of this. It's like if you understand that these people matter, then you might understand that, hey, cross dressers matter or right, transgenders' exactly. lives matter or people of different sexualities matter. You know, like then, uh, I don't know. Anyways, anyways. Um, but back to you, Missy, your gorgeous self. Um, you're, I like always asking, so do you consider yourself transgender, even though you're, you know, in the spectrum? I know you're in the spectrum, but is a cross-dresser trans? Yes, I would, I would say yes, because again, we, we have that commonality. We have experiences. We, we're more, we, we identify, if that's the, the right word. We identify. Right. And I also, I think somebody said it like, you can't just get rid of your cross-dressing, you no, know? No. It doesn't go away. You know, you try to purge and it comes back stronger and, you know, you try to, to deny it. it it's always going to be there. It's something that that's us. It's, you know, we're, it's in us. It's who we are. Uh, and I, I think people don't realize that. Or, and maybe that's for some wives or girlfriends or even some parents who tell their kids or significant others, well, can't you just stop dressing up or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll, again, it's like, no, we can't. We tried. Trust me. Look, here, I threw all my stuff away and I just bought it right back. Yeah. And I just had to go right back out and buy stuff. So, you know what? I tell my girlfriends, hey, don't throw it away. I'll house it for you. And I have. I've kept stuff for girlfriends, sat on it, and they've called me, hey, I need to get, oh, I know you're coming back and get it. 
you're lucky I don't wear it. Don't fit. <laughs> right, right, right. Because it's like, why throw away thousands of dollars of stuff that you've I know. Bought? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many things I, I just donated that had tags on it. Ooh. Luckily, I'm a, luckily, I buy when it's on sale. So, Okay, that's uh, that'll ease the pain a little bit. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes it not, not too bad. Speaking of which, where do you shop, girl? Everywhere, anywhere. Now, well, let me back that up. Now that I've, I've you know, maintained my weight a little bit better, uh, I can shop what I call off the rack. I can go to normal stores, but I used to have to go to plus size stores um, and plus size websites. But now, you know, I can, I'm, you know, an XL. Uh, I can go pretty much anywhere and shop. So I'll go to, you know, any store. Hmm. Uh, favorite kind of a. Uh clothes that you buy do you have, do you have affinity towards anything dresses blouses skirts believe, believe it or not as i've gotten older and a little bit more mature i love pants I love pants now but okay. uh you know and you can get some some cute jeans and stylish pants and uh i used to love wearing you know four and five inch heels i love flats now god i love flats <laughs> same same after oh my after god. Going out and wearing them for like one night, I'm just like, okay, that was stupid. I look cute, but this is dumb. My my, my exactly. abs hurt. I went out with a girlfriend once when I went out to California. I went out to Hamburger Mary's. I love that place. And yes, go, yes, we, Long we, Beach. We, it was it was such a great experience the first time I went. So we get there and she opens up her bag and she has these foldable flats. I'm like, what the hell are those? And she goes, Oh yeah, I got these on Amazon. So I ordered me a pair and now I keep a pair in my truck and I keep a pair in my, in my extra purse. I have flats everywhere I go now. Yeah. Heels are a, a young girl's thing. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I love them too. You know, they can be stylish. I love to, to dress from the floor up. As I say, I will buy shoes and then buy the outfit as opposed to buying the outfit and trying to find the shoes. <laughs> well, can we talk about wigs? Are you a wig girl? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then how did you find out wigs? Because I know Kira and I talk, I hate wigs. I'm sorry. The, it's too itchy. It's too itchy. But what is your wig process and shopping and wearing thing? Uh, well, I finally invested in a human hair wig, which I will tell anybody, if you have the opportunity, get one. Uh, living here in Arizona, the heat, oh, my God. Synthetic wigs trap heat, and so you will sweat your ass off. And so I finally got a human hair wig, and that's what allowed me to start being able to go out more during the day, and, and especially in the summer. But I buy from a, a website called blackhairspray.com. They have some amazing wigs on there. And I'll have to check that out. What um, Do you have like a – do you style it a certain way or it's already done, and like how do you wear it? Um, the one I wear now, it's, it's mostly straight. I just maybe curl it at the end and stuff like that. But what I do is I, I have a process where I like to steam my wigs. And so I will steam it so that way it looks like I just had my hair done and I get a lot of compliments on that. Um, and I will steam it and then style it and then wear it from there. Cute, cute. And then, of course, I have to ask, what's your makeup routine like and what are your favorite products <laughs> and time it takes? <laughs> Remind me to send you the picture of, of one of my sessions. Um, I, I use a mixture of stuff. I use Iman. I use Opal. I use Mac. I use pretty much it's hard for me to get the same look twice because i use so much different stuff it sounds like it's like you got a whole sephora and mac store in your <laughs> in your I, do. I have i still have stuff in the freezer i buy stuff when it's on sale and i i store it and then keep it so you know i have oh my god my wife is not into makeup and stuff like that and so she looks at me like 
you're out of your mind. So, <laughs> but no, my process, it takes me, my girlfriends will tell you, and they're going to laugh when I say this, because they're all going to say I'm lying, but it takes me a good two hours from start <laughs> to finish. Come on, girl. You've, you've dressed up this long. It's taking you two hours. What are you, what are you doing? Are you watching a movie? Why, what are you watching? No. Avengers or? <laughs> I, I wish. Trust me, it would probably go by faster, but no, it's just, it's that process. I mean, I think I've gotten it down to like maybe an hour and a half, an hour and 20 if I, if I cut some corners here and there, but I'm just tedious. You know what? To me, I enjoy that process just as much as I enjoy the, the full on aspect. Okay. Okay. I can, I can believe that. Okay. Okay. But for, if I, if I know I'm going to go out, I have to start hours before hours. Okay. But does this include shaving? Does it, what's the two hours? Oh, include? No, that doesn't. No. Include shaving. Oh. no, I have to shave hair removal a day before. I can't do last minute. I can never do last minute. Like if you watch RuPaul's and they tell you you have 20 minutes, I'd probably still be trying to put eyeliner on. <laughs> but what what is it two hours? I'm 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 so con- girl. That was when I first started. It would, I would take four hours when I first. But girl, I got it down to a less than 20, 30 minutes. But two hours, girl. What are you doing? Eyes. I'm doing you know two or three eye. Uh, mascara i'm doing you know the eyeshadow i'm doing blush i'm doing you know contour um you know i do the the baking i it's it's a mixture of stuff that i do trust me i could never i've done my girlfriends and i've done theirs quicker than i've done mine (laughs) you're perfectionist that's probably what it is right well like i said i just want to be presentable that's just it if i can be presentable i feel better no, it'll take me about a good hour and a half to two hours to 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 get done. Damn, girl, that I mean, bravo! I mean, you look great in the photos. So I guess I guess you're doing something right. For but two hours. <laughs> uh, oh man, oh man. Um, what else? Let's see. What else did I want to touch on? Um, talk about your race. Talk about the thing. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Anything that? I mean, I know you love anything. You want to talk about the podcast? Anything that I could do yeah, better? I- I love the new format. I definitely, you know, I'm a huge fan. You know, obviously we've talked about that. I think, you know, the, the biggest shout out I could give to you is you're doing something that's so amazing. I think that you, you're you giving a voice to those out there to have that opportunity to, to connect and really, you really be a present. It's just something that's going to really get through and resonate with a lot of girls. So the biggest thing I would tell you is don't read the comments, be yourself. And continue to just be open and receptive to others. You know, you're out there doing it. So continue to do your thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, thank you. And uh, I'm always going to ask for support from you and from other people. If you can support the podcast, because I do want to do video and I do want to do more things. Well, you know, well, um, and the Patreon's there for anyone else listening or, you know, I'm trying to do my best. And it's really, really nice. The feedback is really why I do this. Like I can make as much money as I want. I mean, I, I make a decent amount as a nurse, but like. Honestly, the feedback I got, I just got today, like, oh my God, I really love your podcast. You've helped me understand. I got one from a girlfriend who said, mm-hmm. your podcast has helped me understand my boyfriend better. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. Oh, oh yes, yes. That's that's what I live for. And if if I could do that through YouTube or Instagram lives or anything, like, I just want to do more of that. You know, I want to do more things to reach out. But it's hard because, like you, you know, if you didn't have the support you had, you know, how hard would it have been for you? to come out as a cross dresser to even understand what that is. Right. And a lot mm-hmm. of these people are so closeted or kind of 
deny that or like just put it in the back burner and just like you know what i'm I'm to do with this later this is something but it's like it's so it's so innate it's so like you know it's such a part of you that if you just deny and deny it it, is just who we are and you know what at some point you just have to accept it take that first step and you'll realize that there's nothing to it just do it yeah you're saying everything you you know (laughs) like if 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 I could use you as a life coach to every cross dresser, it's like, well, you would, you would, they would, they would reconsider everything and just be, just be themselves, you know? Yeah. I'll, you know what? Hey, that, you just asked me. I'm always here for you if you ever need anything. Thank you, girl. Thank you, girl. Well, I know it's, uh, what time is it in Arizona right now? I don't even know what time it's there. It's 7 7.05. Okay. So we're the same time, same time. But I, I, I don't want to take up too much time. And I have you. And you're right. For future stuff, I will have you as a guest because you're, there's like a, a forum, you know, a person that I could, we could just relay information, you know, have like a table talk with like three or four other people and just get, get stuff going. But I'm glad you like the new format and stuff too. Oh, you know what, Giselle, like I said, you, you are definitely an inspiration. You know what, I'm glad that you're doing this. I'm glad that I found this. Um, I hope that this, you know, you know, helps someone out there. And if it helps one, you know, hopefully they can share it with somebody else and it just goes from there. But no, thank you so much. This was awesome. And that's all it takes, right? I just need, if I can just inspire one other person, then I've done done what I can, right? Done what I can. You've done what you can and yeah. you know what, you'll go from there. So no, here, kudos to you. Hmm. All right, all right, before we go, I always ask my guests this question. In a perfect world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender, what does that look like to you, Barbara? Ooh. <laughs> it would be being able to just wake, go, and have people see me for me and really just be able to express myself with friends, regardless of, you know, where we are and say, Hey, you know what? You look nice today. You look cool today. I'm glad I got a chance to hang out with you today. And, you know, to me, I think that's the thing that I would cherish most is being able to connect with friends and others and saying that, you know what? We had fun doing this. Yes. Yes. Well, my gosh, that's a, Perfect answer. And everything you've said today, oh, hate you. It's so perfect. Like, you just said everything <laughs> right. <laughs> like, again, if I had you as a as a mentor growing up, or if any if anyone, like, just listens to what you have to say, like, everything is right. Ah, ah, ah. Hopefully I can help. But no, girl, you're, you're doing your thing. You're going to be just as much of a mentor to others as, as any of us. So continue. I hope so. But uh, well, thank you so much, Barbara. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, send me those photos that send me all your photos, and I can just figure out something. And then uh, I'll send you some Q and A questions that I put up uh, uh, on the That's on right, the yeah. on the website. Uh, new episodes coming out tomorrow, and then a bunch of interviews in the future. From I have crossdressers from like Canada, and then a crossdresser who's <laughs> adult baby diaper lover. It's it's. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's, it's a definitely a huge spectrum. So there's it's, all sorts of us out there. It's a spectrum. It's gonna be you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna enjoy it. But uh, please support the podcast if you can with whatever dollars amount and stuff. Well, appreciate I will, you. Sure. Appreciate you. Uh, but have a great night. Have fun golfing. I hear it's like a thousand degrees in Arizona. So please. It was only one ten today, but well, yeah. only one ten. Only one. You only lost a couple hairs off that weight, but that's that's fine. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. All right. Have a good night, on. Okay, you too. Enjoy. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that was episode 77. It was a back-to-back. Uh, you heard me talk to Barbara about so many cross-dressing uh, things that were 
I don't know, it's so awesome to talk to another cross-dresser of color, um, someone who's experienced things, just has a story to tell that you, the cross-yas listener, enjoy. You find another person who you can relate to. Um, it's something. It's it's just really special to have such great guests. All of my guests have been so amazing and terrific and just have such different stories and similar stories. It's just crazy. Um, but she was amazing. And I really can't say anything much else about that. Uh, this was episode 77. I've done 77 of these. I say that every time. I just, I'm so amazed at how many episodes I do. Uh, stay tuned for a next episode. I think I'll have another cross yas confessional in two weeks. It might be with an ABDL, which is an adult baby diaper lover. I'm going to might post that up for your Christmas um, pleasure. It'll be up in two weeks. Uh, and stay tuned for next week where I might talk about uh, porn in... Uh, cross-dressing um i didn't post the last transport thing but i i might i might so check out patreon.com forward slash cross yas for stuff you guys might enjoy that um if you do like to support us and you want to hear more things uh yeah stay tuned for that but um yeah uh that's really all for this week uh hope you guys enjoyed it a double header double back-to-back episodes uh just to kind of make up for last week but that's it i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week um and i love you guys still you guys are amazing and i wouldn't be here without you um and as always keep it fresh stay blessed and remember you're gorgeous again guys i'm not here to diagnose or treat anything i'm just here to share my story have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing sexuality and gender a bit more Thank you.